Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Super, super, super welcome. Welcome. It's so great to have you tune us in and turn us on right here on the Dr. Pat Show. Thank you so much for all of that. Um, we've got a great lineup for you today. But before I jump jump back into it, oh, my gosh, Benny, what is going on? Jump forward, jump Ms. back, jump, jump, jump all around. Uh, jump for your love. There you go. Jump. Boy, you love. Benny. <laughs> Benny man. is my sidekick. What up? How are you doing, B? Doing How are you doing? Well, doing very well. Happy after mm-hmm. weekend. Yeah, boy. Okay. So before we talk about, of course, in mysticism and miracles mm-hmm. with Dr. John Monday, I want to talk about the miracles of the Oscars. And then at the 11 o'clock hour, we're really going to talk about them. Okay. So what was your high point? If you even watched it or did you have to tape it? I caught near most of the end of it. Unfortunately, I had some other uh, stuff to do, yeah. but I did catch, I thought was the most impressive was the best picture uh, yes. award and Shape of yes. Water, I believe. Yes. And yes. it took down, I think, four overall awards. Yes. And yes. It, I want to go see it now because I actually heard a little bit about it. And now I really want to see it. So I think that's my highlight yes. for right now. Yep. It has been on my favorite list for like forever. Uh-huh. And, you know, everybody thought it would be a stretch for the uh, actor who played in the leading role to uh, win the award. And they thought that because, you know, Francis uh, McDormand was Mm -hmm. fabulous in three, you know, three billboards. But when you think about an actor playing a role where she never speaks a word, um, and you think about the skill in that. And I think part of what happened in that movie is that it wasn't any one person. And that's what we're going to talk about today. It was the consciousness of the entire team of people that put a movie together that was so touching and so relevant to the world we live in today. But yet, you know, we're looking at Del Toro and we're looking at somebody that creates movies that are all about what I love, you know, the monsters and the mystics in all of us. And that means the touch of human potential. There you go. So we're going to talk more about that later. Right now, I want to introduce everybody, Benny, everybody to Dr. John Monday. Monday. He is here today as an author, a lecturer, publisher of Miracles Magazine, executive director of All Faith Seminary International in New York City, you know, taught university course in philosophy, religion. And look, I love this word. I love this word. Specialization in the history of mysticism. Mysticism. I love that word. Uh, one of my favorite books is on mysticism by Emma Curtis Hopkins. But as the author of nine books of his own, 
and today, A Course in Mysticism and Miracles, we're going to talk about what does it mean to tap into this? What is A Course in Mysticism and Miracles all about? And how can we begin our spiritual journey right now? So if you're looking out your window or you're thinking about how did you start your day and maybe it didn't start all that great, what is it that we learned from A Course of Miracles and which I love and actually I started to take a refresher uh, in the text, but what is it that we can learn from that that is so powerful and timeless? That's what I want to talk to, to John about. John, it's great to have you here. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Pat. It's nice being with you. Mysticism is one of my favorite words, and it, it's been my favorite word for a really long time, even when I didn't even have a clue about what the word means. And I mean didn't have a clue. I'm a girl from the Bronx. You know, the reason I'm able to even hold a conversation with you right now is because this thing called radio 15 years ago got a hold of me after dialing a phone number. And then I got sick, really physically ill six months later. And the only thing I could do was talk. So I became a student. What was it about yourself and your journey? What happened? What happened to becoming Dr. John? Well, I grew up on a farm in Missouri uh, mm-hmm. during the 40s and the 50s, and I had an experience when I was 14 years old. I'll tell you about the experience very briefly. Yeah. I was out hunting. Uh, that's what farm boys did. When you had time, you weren't obligated to be working. You went and got your rifle, and you went, and you went hunting. And I was hunting in the woods one day, and <clears throat> I'm a kid. I'm only 14 years old. So I decided to play a game. And the game is, um, there's a thing you do when you hunt. i got to say this first. A thing you do where you walk into the woods and you stand perfectly still. We call it freezing. So you like you freeze. Mm-hmm. So if the animals can't hear you, tromp through the woods. And if they're not downwind of you, so they don't smell you. And some of animals that don't have very good eyes, they'll get real close to a squirrel, get around, oh, my God, human being. You know, they get real yeah. close to you. Yeah. So... Um, you just stand perfectly still, and the animals may begin to appear. They just, like, show up, you know, the rabbit or something, whatever we're looking for. So I'm playing this game. I'm freezing, and the game is I don't exist. There's nobody here. I just pretend like there was nobody there. And for some reason, all of a sudden, it really was like that. There was nobody there. Mm. There was no hunter hunting. There was no thinker thinking. There were just eyes on the world but not without analysis, without interpreting the world, without gooding it and batting it. Then I thought, what is having this experience? And you can believe this or not, but I thought I heard a voice which said, who wants to know? That's all it said, three words, who wants to know? In other words, who's asking the question? And that was such an incredible that I really knew from then on that I was going to spend the rest of my life trying to figure out what happened. I mean, what, what's really going on? Obviously, there was something more than myth at the eye. You know? So I got involved in the church because, well, is there available for a kid in Missouri in the 1950s except the church? Mm-hmm. 
And I became a minister very young. I was 18 when I had my first, started serving my first church. Wow. It was actually, uh, <clears throat> did it through the college where I was going to college. It was a pre-ministerial program. And, uh, they didn't usually give these jobs to freshmen, but I, I finagled myself into a position anyhow. So that's been the whole search all my life. I taught courses on mysticism at the university level uh, at several different places, the uh, New School in New York City and at the State University of New York here in the area, and just kept going deeper and just kept reading and kept having some experiences, more experiences. I went into a shamanic journey into Mexico back in the 70s. And, oh. uh, while I was there, I had a death experience in the jungles in Chiapas in southern Mexico that really, really opened my eyes and made me see things differently. So there was just a lot. But you know, actually, we all we all really want to know. I mean, who doesn't want to know? One of my most recent books is called Eternal Life and A Course in Miracles. So it's all about the near-death experiences that people have. read a lot of those books, compared it with my own experience, compared their experiences with each other. And near-death experiences are inevitably mystical experiences. People come back from those experiences. One of the primary characteristics, by the way, of mystical experience is that it's very difficult to talk about. It defies words. It doesn't fit into words. A good example, a simple mystical experience that I hope everybody has, uh, if you haven't, and sometimes we have it many times in the course of life, but most everyone should have had this experience, and that's the experience of falling in love. Maybe with a pet, with anyone, but when you really fall in love, and when you really do it, especially that romantic thing, especially the first time, there's something about the first time when this is bigger than we are, we're out of control, it's happening to us, through us, it's also happening to and with the other person, hopefully, at the same time. And yet, you know, if I were to say to you, define love, you'd probably have a pretty good, difficult time understanding what it is, because it defies words, it defies description. But nevertheless, we try. We do know we have these experiences. First of all, mysticism is an experience. What happened on the farm was an experience. Falling in love is an experience. Just kind of being one with nature is an experience. And these experiences vary from very simple, kind of peaceful uh, looking at nature to what I call awakening, which are experiences that often last for days. Uh, usually the person who's having the experience uh, will find it difficult to eat during the time. They don't feel like they're quite in their, their body. It's a wonderful, if you don't mind my rolling on about this, yeah. experience with a, <clears throat> a couple years ago, I was going up to Utica, New York, to give a talk, and I got a call from a 19-year-old Chinese woman uh, who said that she had knew that I was coming, and could she talk to me while I was there? And of course, I said yes. So I did a workshop. At the end of the workshop, she comes up, and um, I need to get back home. But I find out that she lives a half hour in the direction I'm going before she's going to college. And in this drive, I took her back to her college. She told me about this profound experience that she had when she was 14 years old. She's never written it down. But she had an awakening experience. Mm. She said she never fit. She never felt like she fit into her body 
in the first place, even as a child, and she couldn't understand the body, couldn't understand the world, and how couldn't understand cruelty when she would see it. Um, she decided to kill herself. That was what she was going to do. She was just going to get leave, leave this world. Well, I don't know what she did or didn't do. She said, on my bed, whatever that means. And in the process, rather than killing herself, she had an awakening. She, well, here's an example. She was seeing light coming out of everything. Now, often this will happen with life, like uh, trees and animals and flowers and things like that when somebody has this experience. But she was really seeing it out of everything. And there's a funny part of this is that she says she went outside, went for a walk. This is in China. And <clears throat> she saw dog poop on the sidewalk. And she said she always hated dog poop. <laughs> now the light was coming out of the dog poop. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it just changed everything. There's a part in the Course in Miracles in the beginning, two of the exercises. Uh, one exercise, a very early exercise, this is something you do, you say to yourself, is uh, God is in everything I see. That's one thing. And then the next day, the exercise is, God is everything and everything I see because God is in my mind. And in terms of A Course in Miracles, God is in everyone's mind. Mm. But we usually don't, aren't able to stop the chitter-chatter of the mind long enough to begin to see things in a holy, the holy with an H or a W, holy different way. That's what happened to her. That's what happened to me when I was 14. That's what happened to anyone who has a mystical experience. That's just a couple of the characteristics. But there's also a kind of knowing that that Mm -hmm. That's one of the basic characteristics of what's called a noetic quality. Yeah. Come back. You can can never forget these experiences. They may fade. The vastity may disappear. But you'll, you'll never forget that you've had the experience. And then, again, as I said earlier, it's difficult to explain to somebody else what happened to you, but there's a kind of knowing, a knowing that, that life is eternal. There is an interesting little clip, anybody can watch it on YouTube, it's of Dr. Carl Jung, and it was made in 1962, it was part of a, a, an interview he did, a video, for a BBC, and the interview says to Dr. Young, Dr. Young, do you believe in God? And uh. there's this point at which he kind of pauses. And then he says, believe in God? No. I know. I know. <laughs> so knowing is another dimension. Beliefs are very weak. You can change a belief. You could believe one thing one day and change it to something else another day. But knowing, knowing in terms of a course in miracles is like heaven. You're really... You're really home when you know it. The same thing would be true with being in love. You could say, if somebody says to you, are you in love? And you say, I don't know. Well, you're not. <laughs> because mm. if you were, you would know. <laughs> right. yeah. I can keep running on, but you, you, <laughs> yeah. you want to ask a question or say something. Well, I think part of what we're going to talk about today is what I consider to be almost like a resurgence, a resurrection and the notion of mysticism and miracles for every one of us. We see it, we feel it, we smell it. And of course, you know, one of the things that that you talk about is 
let's begin let's begin our spiritual adventure. Let's do that. We're going to take a short break. We come back. What does this mean? What does it mean to begin a spiritual adventure? And then we're going to talk about the course of miracles, a course in miracles. What is it? And why is it that so many people know of it from years ago, and yet it's time to bring it to the generations right now? Stay tuned, everybody. We'll be right back. Spirituality into your everyday lives on Universe Soul Heart Radio. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio as Kathleen Johnson explores the concept of sensible spirituality, keeping you grounded, connected, and centered on the path to wholeness. Kathleen has dedicated her life to facilitating holistic healing and wholeness in others. Listen to Universe Soul Heart Radio and learn how to flourish, grow, and impact all we do on planet Earth. For more information, go to universesoulheart.net. Tune in to the hit show, Raging Skillet Radio, Mouthing Off with Chef Rossi. Chef Rossi mouths off about different subjects in pursuit of breaking down walls and opening up your minds. She and Dr. Pat banter back and forth, taking from the headlines of the day on subjects that reach beyond what goes on in the world into your hearts. And go to theragingskillet.com to find out more and let Chef Rossi know what's on your mind. Holistique Medical Center is where you find it all. A healthy space with doctors who care, see, and listen to the whole you. Hi, this is Dr. Darvish. If you have not found an answer to your chronic symptoms, you will find answers here at Holistique Medical Center. Our doctors find the root cause of your symptoms and guide your body towards healing naturally. We transform lives from within. Visit drdarvish.com or call 425-451-0404. Are you traveling most of your day? Do you want to take Transformation Talk Radio with you anywhere you go? Well, guess what? There's an app for that. Just go to the App Store on your Apple device or the Google Play Store on your Android and search Transformation Talk Radio. Catch all of our live shows no matter where you are. Thanks for listening. Are you stuck in unhealthy habits, toxic relationships, or low self-esteem? Do you crave a life of inspiration, love, self-acceptance, and fun? Sounds like you're on the verge. On the verge to your next big thing. Join Laura Richer, host of On The Verge Radio, helping you use your breakdown for a breakthrough, overcome life's greatest challenges, and live the life you want and deserve. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio or visit seattlehealinghypnosis.com for more information. The Janice Underwood Show, helping you create the life you want, not the life you tolerate. Tune in each Monday, 9 a.m. Pacific on Transformation Talk Radio as Janice delves into the life creator system and the next step in your spiritual evolution. Janice Underwood is gifted at helping spiritually minded people shift their mindsets to unleash the creator within. Our souls wish to wake us up. Those of us listening, hear the call. Do you? For more information, visit JaniceUnderwood.com.
Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Pat. John Mundy is joining me here today, Dr. John Mundy. And we're going to be talking about, you know, this idea of miracles and mysticism in his fabulous book. Um, And so when I look at this and I think about uh, my own journey, many of us have different pathways to get to the same place. John, before we talk about A Course in Miracles, I would love for you to tell folks, first of all, how to get a copy of the book, but then also um, how they can find out more about you. Well, it's really easy to uh, just type my name into a search engine. Uh, plenty of information will come up. My website is called miraclesmagazine.org, uh, but it's actually just typing it. But there's no H in my name. That's an important thing. It's J-O-N. Monday, because there is a John Mundy who's a football player. You might get the football player. Um, but you want to talk about how the course came into existence a bit and what it is? Okay. Okay. So um, very, very briefly, uh, the course was scribed. It was written down by a woman who was a research psychologist and professor at Columbia College of Physicians and Surgeons in New York City named Dr. Helen Schuchman, and it occurred between 1965 and 1972. And it matched itself up. There's three books. There's a textbook which describes the essential philosophy that's 669 pages, and there's a, a workbook. There's a lesson you do every day for 365 days. Uh, it's sort of a meditative thing where it asks you to think about a certain thing or repeat certain ideas, etc. to yourself. And then there's a manual for teachers, so all total we're looking at almost a half a million words, which constitute the course. It was published in 1976, uh, and it's passed more than 3 million in sales. It now exists in 27 different languages. Uh, about a million of those sales, a million plus, or, or, I mean, most of them are in English, of course but then there's about 1 million that's in other languages. So it's had a profound influence on the people who study that you can't read the course very long without saying to yourself, who wrote this? And it's really clear that no body, B-O-D-Y, wrote it. Uh, Helen did not write it. Helen was not the author. She never thought of herself as the author of the course. Uh, Helen was actually kind of a, an atheist, agnostic, but searcher. So was her mother looking to what religion they might become involved in. They looked at the theosophy, unity, religious science, Christian science. Uh, none of it ever worked. But Helen was also very subject, even as a young child, to very kind of visionary experiences, mystical experiences, very vivid dreams. Sometimes there's a very fine line between a, a vivid dream and a mystical experience. I'll give you an example of a mystical experience that happened to Helen, which goes along with this, of course. This is way before she heard the voice of the court. This is in 1939. Uh, she was born in 1909, so that meant she would have been 30 years old at this point. And she was riding on the subway in New York City. I'm sure you've done that a few times. With yeah. her, <laughs> with her husband, and um, she said it was really a disgusting scene. Subway in New York City, 1939, dirty, 
crowded. Uh, he said uh, there was uh, some men fighting down at one end of the subway. A woman across from her uh, had a baby that was throwing up on her blouse. She was trying to wipe the pablum up off of her blouse. And a little boy walked over and picked up a piece of gum off the floor and put it in his mouth. She said the whole thing that she was seeing was just so disgusting to her <laughs> that she just closed her eyes to shut out what she was seeing. And she suddenly saw herself as a little girl walking down a path into some woods, into a meadow. And this all happened in about a minute, she said. Mm. And she sees a gigantic man who's like sitting on a tree stump. And she goes over and for some reason she puts her head on the man's knee and he reaches down and touches her back and a flash of light goes through her. Sounds like science fiction, doesn't it? Mm. <laughs> uh, and uh, she opens her eyes and she has the most profound sense of connectedness and love with love for everybody on that subway. Now, that's a mystical experience. A mystical experience is where you, when you do have this, the love should transcend the individuality. It should include everything. You know? So in that case, it's, it's a good example. So I'm just saying she was the type that was receptive to this kind of thing. So when she began to hear this, she was originally... Um, <laughs> She would get the voice, would talk to her at all kinds of times, but she would write down what it was saying, and her, her boss, who was at the Department of Psychology at Columbia, now think about this, these are very sophisticated people, mm-hmm. major yeah. university in the United States, uh, and she's beginning to hear voice. <laughs> you know, normally, you people think she's going crazy, right? But right. never treated it that way. This was not, this was really happening. And so... He encouraged her to write down her vision and her dream. And as she was doing this one day, there appeared the words, this is a course of miracles, please take note. And then it continued, as I said, and mounted itself up into this book. So it's a study. The course is a study. It's trying to help us to see things differently. Uh, by differently, it means not looking at the world through the ego's eyes. The ego is a very big problem uh, in the course and in our lives but to begin to hear another voice. I mean, to actually do what Helen did. You don't have to hear that voice in a literal sense. I mean, you, you don't have to think that it's uh, like a sound. Uh, it's more, much more likely just to be a very clear idea, but one that is uh, clear and uh, loving and giving. Uh, it would never be anything to be frightening. In fact, it says on the first page of the course that the opposite of love is fear, but what is all-encompassing, you know, can have no office. So all that we can really have is love. Mm. So then the whole purpose of the course is one of, because they quieting the mind, quieting this ego, shutting the ego down. Essential problem that we have with the ego is that the ego is a projector by a projector. Mm-hmm. The thing which is making up, that so we're judging the world, making up the world. One of the first things the Course is asking us is we stop judging the world, just stop making it, stop analyzing it, stop interpreting it, stop criticizing it, stop condemning it. It's not until you can do that uh, that you can begin to see in a different context. We are always making up 
the world. We're literally always projecting. At the same time, the Course says at one point, there's nothing outside of you, just a few little words, but meaning there's nothing outside of our mind. So the mind is a determiner of the world that we see. So if you, and you can switch it. Most people do not walk around with seeing everything lovingly. Right. <laughs> In fact, right. It's, it's, it's interesting if you watch what happens. Say when you sit, sit down with a group of friends over coffee or tea or something, and just watch the conversation and notice how often on conversation go to they, who are they? They're the idiots. They're the people that are out there. They're, they're, they're our president. They're, they're, they're somebody out there that's screwing things up. Not us. We're good. We're cool. You know, if we, if people, if, if we were in charge, things would work much better. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that's very briefly it. But I could go on and talk more about the ego if you like. Well, I, what I want to talk about, we're going to take a short break when we come back. I want to talk about miracles in our everyday life. Okay. And get into what is it about the messages from today in today's world? You know, what is it that inspires us? And what are some of the key messages that we can adapt, that we can bring into our lives every day that are timeless? Sure. You know, these timeless ideas that no matter how bad the traffic is, no matter you know, what's going on in the world, you know, we can show up differently. And if we do that, the miracles will be right there in front of us. Let's take a short break, everyone. We will be right back. Ignite your inner magic on Grow Your Soul Radio with Jane Matanga. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio as host Jane Matanga explores how to overcome your fears to help you gain the inspiration you need to awaken your path to joy. Learn the way to life mastery and the enlightened path with Grow Your Soul Radio. For more information on Jane Matanga and her work, visit enlightened-path.com. Conscious Confidence Radio, a timeless wisdom with Sarah Main. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio and join Sarah on an adventurous journey to the deeper level of meaning to move beyond today's world of constant change, confusion, and uncertainty beyond the shadow of fear. This hit show explores key concepts such as confidence, values, and attitude in a dynamic way. To learn more about Sarah and her work, visit sarahmain.com. Did you know that all of the shows on the Transformation Radio Network are available as podcasts to stream or download? Really? Check us out. Go to TransformationRadio.fm. We have business shows, spiritual shows, energy healing shows, and pretty much everything in between. Something for everyone guaranteed to inspire, educate, and transform. We are transforming the world one listener at a time. Calling all moms, it's time to awaken your vibrant, intuitive, loving self in every area of your life. Join host Debbie Pokornik as she shares thoughts, stories, and tools to help you stand in your power. 
Listen to Vibrant Powerful Moms helping everyday women create extraordinary lives Mondays at 2.30 Pacific, 5.30 Eastern. For more information about Debbie, visit empoweringenergy.com. That's empowering with letters N-R-G.com. Let it go radio. The future awaits you. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio as host Barbara Scheidegger explores the way to clarity, peace, and how to live a successful life on your terms by turning negative experiences into positive ones. Barbara's curiosity about the human experience drives her both personally and professionally. As a life coach, author, and renowned clinical hypnotherapist, Barbara knows how to move forward in a natural, organic way without side effects. If you want to grow, be sure to tune in to Let It Go Radio. To learn more, visit LetItGoHypnosis.com. Are you, Are you searching? Are you searching? Looking for a sign? A message you need to hear? From the great unknown? From the most mysterious place? That is the most familiar to your soul in the depths of who you are. The universe puts someone here to talk to, someone God gave a blessing to that you may find insight with. TheAngelLady.net. 1 800 323 1790. Nothing you can sing that can't be sung. Nothing you can say, but you can learn how to play the game. Everybody, welcome back. Great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. You know, today we're talking to, you know, John Mundy about a number of different things, but especially about a course in mysticism and miracles, begin your spiritual adventure. And one of the things that you guys have heard me talk about is how once upon a time, a light bulb went on for me. And what I realized that, you know, my first defense to anything going on in the world was the strength of my spiritual practice. And, you know, that's a whole nother conversation about what I mean by that. But how to infuse myself with this notion of everyday miracles. You know, John is talking to us about his great book, A Course in Mysticism and Miracles, Begin Your Spiritual Adventure, because it is really the antidote, is the thing of our time to really help quiet the bombardment of messages and information we get so that we can tap into our true genius. Uh, Benny, what I'd love to do is give a copy of the book away right now, 1-800-930-2819. 1-800-930-2819. John, let's talk about you know, this idea of mysticism and miracles in modern day time and how what you've created in this book and, of course, bringing forth some of the lessons in A Course in Miracles is going to help us with to create and manifest the lives that we want. What would you say are at the top three of your this is if you do nothing else, these are my top three to suggest? Well, Everybody, first of all, everybody's a mystic. 
uh, deep down inside, and what, what do we all want? We want to be happy. And, and what really makes us happy is not being disgruntled, not finding problems with the world, but being able to look at how we see the world. We will look at things with happy eyes, with loving eyes. We can't do it if the mind is all caught up in projection and condemnation and, and as I said earlier, in interpretation and analysis. I have another book out just recently. It's called The Course in Miracles and dot, dot, dot. And each chapter is an anthology, actually. It's written by a different person, except I wrote two of the chapters. And one of the chapters that I wrote was the one on Zen Buddhism. Now, there's some remarkable similarities between Zen Buddhism and The Course in Miracles. And what's similar about it is that both of them are about dropping conceptualization. That is, the, the the analysis and the interpretation of the world. In Zen, they talk about getting to an empty mind or the beginner's mind, the mind. And the courses, we have to do, do the same thing. We have to get back to the point at which we started doing all this interpretation and analysis that we do of the world so that we could begin to live in peace. I'll give you a good example. <clears throat> I have a CD that I created that's called Word Fasting, the Miracle Diet. And what it is, it's, uh, what do you do when you go on a diet? What you do when you go on a diet is you cut out certain foods uh, or you cut back on certain foods. You certainly cut back in quantity and the type. Well, I have a list of words that I suggest you could completely eliminate from your vocabulary. And if you did, you'd feel much better. And I'll give you just a few examples. Uh, I have them in categories. But first of all, profanity, samatel, I mean, any, any kind, or vulgarity dropping all that. But here, notice, for example, if you say that you're disappointed about something, you see, the real question is, what is it that's disappointed? Only an ego could be disappointed. But the Course in Miracles is saying, what mysticism is saying is there is no ego. There literally is no separate self. There is only the self, capitalist which is already connected with God, with, with eternity, with, with wholeness. We have, of course, has broken ourselves off into these little isolated ways of seeing which we think is who we are and has nothing to do with who we are. In fact, here's one of the incredible pieces of information from <laughs> all mystical traditions. There is no ego. There's no such thing. It's all made up. It's an illusion. It's a fantasy. Not, it does not constitute reality. The Course talks about what it calls the dreaming of the world. So we are dreaming the world, which means we're making it up. But we want to think about how it is that we're making it up. So I just use the word disappointed. A couple more words to give you an example. If you say you're upset about something. Now, what, see, the real question, this is a kind of question Ramana Maharshi from India would have asked his disciples years ago. You know, what is it that's upset? is it that's upset? You know, if you're disappointed or you're upset or you're offended, you know, something offends you, who is the you that's offended? Or if you say that something is disgusting, that's a very judgmental thing, thing to say that something is disgusting. Mm-hmm. Who, is, who is it that's disgusting? And what we're, mysticism is trying to show us, what the Course is trying to show us, is there is no such person. That's not who you are. That does not constitute reality. Reality is your connection with love, with God, with the eternal. That's where you always 
seeing that, if you've got a chitter-chatter mind that's uh, interpreting the whole world all the time, I'll stop and <laughs> get me going. It's difficult, so I have to stop one. Mm-hmm. So well, I think, yeah, I, I mean, and I think that, you know, what we're talking about is um, what is it that happens when, you know, we are in the chit-chat, when our minds are taking control of things, And, you know, another word for that is worry. It's really looking out beyond the moment that we're in to some Mm -hmm. future event, which may or may not happen. But to do that and to do that so often that we find ourselves in a time warp. And so Mm -hmm. in the book, you talk about the path of miracles. And I think, Benny, let's go ahead and skip this break if we could. Tell us about this path of miracles for people. And what is it that all of us should know right out of the gate first for what we can do? Well, the path of miracles would just involve like doing the course in there, following that text, which you can get from Amazon or Barnes & Noble or, or any place. And it's a slow process, and it's a long process, as I said earlier, it takes there's 365 lessons, so it takes at least a year to go through that. <clears throat> and when you get to the end, it says now you're at the beginning. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's not a bad idea to go back and do the lessons again and again. And it's slowly, 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 you begin to see what your essential function is one of forgiveness. What forgiveness means, it means letting go. It means not holding on. It means not seeing problem. If you really let it go, if you really forgive it, and you recognize that really the only thing that you can do, I just was at a conference in San Francisco, I remember saying to the audience, that, you know, we really do love each other. I mean, we really do. Underneath it all, everybody loves everybody, but you don't see it when you're engaged in all this uh, analysis and one-upmanship and trying to be better than somebody else and, and None of that means the Course in Miracles says God has no favorite children. Mm. None of us here who's any better than anybody else. One of the things we have to be able to see everything as equal. I mean, that we're all equal on that level. And we all love each other. Try walking around in a, a mall sometime and deliberately make eye contact. with. See how many people will. A lot of people won't make eye contact. Mm. see if they will, and then the moment that they, they do, smile. And see, and I'll bet you 99 times out of 100, they're going to smile back at you. And it's just like a little touch, just a tiny touch. It's just like, it's like a, hi, I'm here. I'm a human being. You're a human being. You know, we're all, <laughs> we're all <laughs> the same here. You know, it's just it's a tiny little joy, tiny sprinkle of joy that we're throwing out into the, into the world. It's possible to see everything that way. That's what the mm-hmm. course is. But it takes a lot of training because the course is you have been very poorly taught. We have this is a world of war. This is a, a world where we attack each other. We've got to stop the attack. In fact, very briefly the course is that the ego has three basic functions. The way it, it deals with the world. It attacks the world. The juices of the body, the juices of the body includes attacking the world with it. And, you know, if you just study history a little bit, like maybe you saw the thing that was on PBS last fall 
about the Vietnamese War, and you, you uh-huh. watch that series. It was two weeks long, and it was a couple of hours each time, and it just got this feeling of, what were we thinking? What insanity? <laughs> we went across the ocean and killed four million people in a little tiny country. We spent almost a trillion dollars doing it, which got us into debt. And what did we do? We did it over a concept, an idea. We were frightened of an idea called communism. And what happened to communism? It wasn't a true concept, so it just fell apart all by itself. We have to have free enterprise. We can't have, you know, yeah. that's what has to rule. So it just crumbled. There was nothing to be afraid of. There was no reason to murder all those people and hurt ourselves as badly as we hurt ourselves. We see it so well in hindsight. But it's also that it's true right now. You know, we could stop and see things differently if we just gave a little bit of, of course, it's just a little willingness, a little willingness to see through the eyes of love instead of attack. How simple can it get? Yeah, and I think that's why we're talking about this today is because we have generations and generations of kids that are growing up you know, in a a very similar uh, experience. Really, it's very similar when I go back in time and I think about the time that you just mentioned. And, you know, for those of you out there, just go see the movie, I guess it's called The Post. And Mm. it'll give you a sense. Yeah, it'll give people a sense of some of what was happening at the time. And for folks listening, you know, think about if you're too young to really have a sense of what feminism looked like and what protests looked like, you know, fast forward to last night at the Oscars, we're seeing it now. You know, we're seeing it in a different way, though. You know, we're seeing it Mm -hmm. in the power of voice and protests that are being made in so many other ways. Mm -hmm. Um, But the difference is, I think, in what you talked about and also you talk about in the book, it's in the how. And what do I mean by the how? You know, clearly students walking out of classrooms and saying no more gun violence, it's not new to our society, but how they're doing it in this quiet yet powerful protest. So when we think about mysticism, John, it isn't this notion of go silently and quietly into the night. And I think that's part of the confusion sometimes for people when we say begin your spiritual journey. Um, And sometimes we think that means, okay, I'm going to sit and I'm going to chant for five years and maybe that's true. But that's not what A Course in Miracles talked about. It's a textbook. And I don't know about you, but I had to do some work. Well, we all we all need to work in, in order to begin to see things differently and to begin to see things peacefully and to realize mm-hmm. that there's nothing that needs to be attacked you know, or nothing that my wife, who is not an active student of the course, um, but she's had to sit and listen to me a lot, you have to pity the poor lady, um, <clears throat> said that a part that helped her the most back when our daughter who's now 32 years old and has given us two beautiful babies, was like 13 or 14 years old, uh, was screaming at us in the kitchen one night, and she said the worst possible thing she could 
possibly think of saying, which was uh, something like, I, I hate you because I hope you die. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and then she immediately said, oh, I didn't think that. <laughs> and then I thought that's really true. She didn't think that it was just the worst thing she could think of. So the Course says, let him be who he is. Let her be who she is. If my wife had come back at our daughter with, you can't talk to me that way, mm-hmm. he would have had a problem. But we knew that that was insanity. We knew that that's not the way you respond to that sort of thing. You know, you let it go. You don't make it real. The Course talks a lot. Don't make the air real. Mm. Making an air real that makes us sick inside and we feel guilty. You can't help but feel guilty. The Course is really about trying to help us become free of guilt. And the way we become free of guilt is rather than keeping everything quiet and to ourselves and being so selfish, you know, we we go the other way with it. We experience ourselves being more giving and more loving, and then there's no reason to have guilt to coming up into our into our minds at all. Mm. So it's really, just, just remember the phrase: "Let him be who he is. Let the world be what it is. Let other people be who they are." And it's going to help a lot. You were starting to say. Yeah, and you know, this is why we're talking about this today because um, I think for many of us, we do believe in miracles. You know, we've seen miracles in our lives. And I, I, I think that, you know, for most folks, they do believe in miracles, but then they also believe in the myth of miracles. And I want to talk with you a little bit about that. One of the age old myths, uh, not missed, but you know, these falsehoods that that some believe are actually falsehoods is that miracles only happen for those who deserve them, number one. But number two, that there seems to be this notion of time. And yet this is what I think is one of the greatest um, paradoxes in, in using the word miracle and then time in the same sentence. It, it's almost like they neutralize each other. And I wanted to hear from you. Do we have a modern definition of miracle that would represent the quantum nature of how fast things are moving today? Why not miracles? Why not miracles be fast? Well, what a miracle is in terms of the course of miracles is a miracle is simply a change of mind about, excuse me, about the way we see the world so that we're not projecting onto the world. As I said a moment ago, we're just learning how to love the world. We're learning how to leave it alone. We're learning how to let the world be what it is. The miracle is a healing of the mind. And as the mind heals, then everything heals. Our relationships heal. The body physically heals. Not because it's doing anything other than it's just that the mind is the mind that's making the choice to see things differently. I keep talking about coming back to seeing it with eyes of love rather than eyes of rejection and fear and anxiety or seeing problems. You don't see the problem. Even if there is a problem. If a problem is not a problem unless you amplify it and make it into a problem. So you, we have problems in life in a normal sort of circumstance. Let's say you're driving your car and you have a flat tire. That's a problem. But um, you can either get upset, you can go crazy, you can start yelling and beating on the steering wheel, or you can call AAA and, you know, Mm -hmm. let it be what it is, 
okay, you're going to be late for your appointment. It's okay. You don't have to go crazy just because some disturbance came into your life, and that's mm-hmm. especially true with other people. Some people that might disturb us don't have to disturb us at all. I read this article the other day talking about the best-run offices in America. It's that the best-run offices in America is where there's a sense of joviality and kidding that's going on amongst the employees. And, of course, the worst-run offices in America is where there's uh, anger and attacking and <laughs> stuff that's going on between the employees. It's so simple. Mm. It's just a matter of a change in the, your mind, my mind. Nothing has to change except our mind. Wow. Thank you so much, John, for today. Thank you, thank you, thank you uh, for today. One last question. What's your personal message? And let folks know how they can get a copy of the book and find out more about you. Again, uh, just put my name into a search engine. There's no H in the John. And uh, you'll come up with plenty of stuff. Our website is miraclesmagazine.org. All my books are available through Amazon, through uh, Barnes & Nobles, in fact, is Barnes & Nobles is the publisher of uh, three of my books. So they have them. And find awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us here today. And for those of you out there, the book is called A Course in Mysticism and Miracles, Begin Your Spiritual Adventure. Dr. John Mundy joining me here today, also the author of Living a Course in Miracles, everyone. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we got our good news segment. And I got a special segment to talk about what? Yep, the Oscars. We'll be right back. Audio was via a Skype call. 